So remember a couple of years back, uh, our founder, Father Paul, he was giving us a, a talk, and he said, imagine if, as you were walking around, all of your sins were written on your T-shirt. So imagine, you know, on your T-shirt there, everyone can see all the sins that you've committed. So you have your various kind of embarrassing sins and the hidden sins and the sins that you thought no one knew about and then all of the, the anger and the unforgiveness and the rage and the lust and the impure thoughts and the impure actions and the, 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 the gluttony and the selfishness and the desire for revenge and the people in your life who you really dislike and all of that, there it is on your t-shirt everywhere you go and everyone can see it. Shocking, absolutely deplorable, awful. And that, in a way, is what life was like for Mary Magdala. Because even after she had changed, after she, the seven demons had been driven out of her by the Lord, uh, everyone still knew her as, as the, the, the loose living lady. So it would have been very difficult for her to ever shake that reputation, even though the woman is a saint, or the woman is now a saint. The woman is now a, a, a canonized saint within the church. And one of the first, scripturally the first to see uh, the Lord after his resurrection, definitely one of the first anyway, uh, to, to, to see him afterwards. So a very privileged role. And, and again, one of the most faithful uh, followers of the Lord in that, at the foot of the cross, where, which of the disciples were there? Well, just St. John. Apart from that, it was his mom, Mary of Cleopas, and Mary of Magdala. So there she is at the foot of the cross. Like so, so this woman has experienced uh, some great extremes. Um, a life, we, we don't want to kind of exaggerate how sinful her life was because we, we don't really know. Uh, scripture doesn't really tell us, but as I say, seven demons, that's fairly significant. That's not, I stole a Mars bar once when I was four. Um, there's some fairly serious things obviously happened in her life. Okay, so there's that. Uh, if you've watched The Chosen, The Chosen uh, does a very, it, 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 it does a wonderful job in portraying Mary Magdala as a woman who's, who's trying, you know, a woman who's, who, who's trying to do the right thing and is trying to, to leave behind her all of her, in, in, in The Chosen, she has a, a problem with alcohol as well, so she's trying to leave that behind her. And even in one particular episode, she actually falls back into it. So after meeting the Lord and after being forgiven by the Lord, she actually falls back into, into drunkenness and feels like this is, this is it. The Lord, the Lord forgave me. The Lord brought me back. The Lord healed me. And now I just blew it. I just wrecked the whole thing. I wrecked his plan. And that's it now. It's just, you know, she's so distraught, so annoyed at herself for having experienced the Lord's grace and yet falling again. And that is why I like Mary Magdala. That's why I think we need saints like this. We need saints that show us that no matter how bad things have been, no matter how far we have fallen, no matter how hard we find it to forgive ourselves for our sins, the Lord can always and will always and does always want to bring us back. Always for everyone. Like this is his mercy. Again, it's something that we've repeated a million times here, but we can't really express it often enough. Love isn't something God does. It's not like God chooses to love. And then maybe, maybe today I'll love a little more or love a little less. Like, love isn't, isn't an action that God does. Love is, is what he is. Right? So no more than you, can, you can't choose not to be human. God can't choose not to be love. 
He, it, it, it's his very essence, it's his very nature. He is love. So therefore, no matter who he sees and what he sees and what they have done, the Lord's reaction is, is love. Now that doesn't mean, by the way, that he's a, he's a wuss and he's a pushover and that we can do whatever we want and it's all fine, we all go to heaven anyway. That's not true either. That's, uh, the Lord is still just in his love because it wouldn't be loving to reward sin. That's not loving. I mean, any good parent knows that. Your child messes up. Your child kicks little brother or sister in the head. You don't give him a Mars bar. I mean, it's, like, that's not good parenting. You don't, we can't re- reward sin. God is, God is the same. God doesn't reward sin. Uh, so his, his, his mercy is so great that no matter how far we have fallen, he always wants to bring us back. What I find often is that the greatest obstacle to that or the greatest chain pulling us back is maybe twofold. One, obviously the enemy doesn't want to let us go. So when we find our way back to the Lord, or the Lord, you know, obviously the Lord is reaching down to us, he does most of the work, but eventually when, when, when he manages to, to yank us out of, of that, that lifestyle, the enemy wants us back and wants us back quickly. So I, it often happens that after a, a, a serious conversion, temptations become quite substantially stronger, for a while at least. And there may, may even be... Uh, uh, another fall and then the enemy see like the enemy is just so typically just malignant like he, he tempts you to do the thing and then after you've done it he accuses you of doing the thing which he tempted you to do right so you don't need to go to mass you're a better person if you sleep in on a Sunday morning you've worked hard all week it's been a busy week you've gotten those contracts done now and you've had to visit the family and visit the friends and visit everyone sleep in on Sunday morning you'll be fine you went to mass last Sunday it's grand. It's no problem at all. You'll be fine. You can get mass next week. Yeah, you're probably right. And you cozy up into your duvet. And you skip mass all Sunday morning. And then when you eventually wake up at lunchtime uh, and come downstairs and you think, oh, I miss mass. And then immediately the thought will come, you miss mass, you dirty. And you, you could, you're, you're all Catholic-like and you're all having your big conversion. You went to Medjugorje and aren't you great? Now you don't even go to mass. So the very thing that he accused you of and encouraged you to do is now the thing that he rubs your face in. So it's just typically, like, it's just typically d- diabolical. So he's trying to yank us back. And then there's also ourselves. And this is another, this is a big one. When we have made mistakes and when we have, have messed up, when we have fallen short of the mark, when we haven't been the saints that we're called to be, we can be very hard on ourselves as well. I find that a lot of the time people find it hard to forgive themselves for what they have done. Now, they kind of, and we can kind of project that onto God and say, well, God can't forgive me. God can't forgive me for, you know, maybe a sin of my youth or maybe marital infidelity or who knows what, you know. And, and, and this has happened and it's wrong, okay, and I've confessed it, but I don't really forgive myself. Actually, I don't forgive myself at all. And because I can't forgive myself, I'm pretty sure God doesn't either. And this, this happens a lot. This happens a lot. I met mean, I mean, people in their 80s still confessing sins from when they were 16, 17 that they haven't forgiven themselves for. And then I asked them, well, have you, forgiven, have you confessed this before? Every time I go to confession, Father. But that means that more than likely when you were 17 and you went to confession, it was forgiven back then. It was forgiven back then. 20 years ago, 50 years ago. 
it, the sin was forgiven by God. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. And don't think that God's holding this over you or that there are certain sins and sometimes people think this as well that there are certain sins that God won't forgive usually maybe the sexual sins that he can forgive all sorts of things but those ones he doesn't really forgive those why, why would they be different to any other sins if God forgives he forgives so when God forgives sins they're gone if we hold on to that that sense of, of guilt and that sense of shame we're dishonoring the mercy of God who has forgiven us, who has set us free and wants us to experience the freedom of the children of God. We have to forgive ourselves. And I can imagine, you know, you can imagine Mary Magdalene and maybe probably St. Peter as well, you know, who wasn't there for the Lord when he needed him, betrayed him, or denied him. You can imagine that that weighing on his heart, maybe for the rest of his life, and him having to choose, but the Lord still loves me. The Lord still loves me. Mary Magdalene thinking, here I am, here, spending time with Jesus and hearing him preach and teach and going to the, the, the first masses of the apostles and then still feeling within her heart of hearts. Yes, but in the past I did all of these things. I did those awful things. But the Lord has forgiven me. And most of the sins, if not the, the vast majority of the sins that we commit, they're because we're looking for love in the wrong way, in the wrong place, but we're looking for love. And as St. Julian of Norwich says, when God sees the sin, he sees the wound. He sees what caused it, what caused the sin. So St. Mary, Mary Magdalene, she gives great hope to, to, to each one of us, to all of us, that we have never fallen too far, that the Lord will always bring us back she also reminds us of the need to forgive ourselves and to as such rejoice in God's mercy, to live in God's mercy and to be constantly aware of God's mercy despite the fact that the enemy is going to try and remind us constantly of our falls and what we've done wrong. We can't give him that privilege or that access to our minds. He doesn't deserve it. The Lord is merciful and just and he made out of Mary Magdala, a great saint, celebrated in the Universal Church. So we ask her intercession today, that each one of us can rejoice in God's mercy as she does. Amen.